Hey, it's Clay. Welcome to another episode here of the Money with Clay podcast. Found an interesting article, and I, as soon as I saw it, I'm thinking, you know, that would be well worth it because not only can I speak of the topic through quite a bit of experience just because of the businesses that I'm in, including, you know, the Money with Clay, since people do uh, correspond with me, but also it'll be good for myself. It'll be good improvement. It'll be a good reminder. Um, and then just for all of you, I would like to think that it can help you out and it can just make sure that uh, you're doing things the right way and kind of make it so that you're positioning yourself in the best possible light because you don't want to, I mean, right, that's the whole idea of this, not only you know to make a bunch of money or anything, but just how to have general success in life, how to put yourself on a roadway that's gonna you know, just make things I don't want to say as easy, but as efficient as possible. And that's the goal here. So the article comes from CNBC and it says, stop asking, can I pick your brain? Harvard researchers say this is how successful people ask for advice. So just based on the whole premise here, and if you're new, then I'll fill you in. If you're not new to the podcast, you've, you know this philosophy of mine, but I'm a, a big, big believer in who you surround yourself with is going to influence you and your future in a, in a very big way. The people that you hang out with, not necessarily at work, but just the, the people you surround yourself with play a big, big role in how you view the world. And then, of course, how you view the world is going to dictate and play a big role in influencing your future. And if you're surrounded by a bunch of naysayers and by a bunch of you know, people that are always having pity parties for themselves and people that are always playing the victim card, then, you know, while I can't say, I'm sure there's lots of research out there, but I, I think common sense would, or I would hope you would at least give me the benefit of the doubt and say, you know, Clay, at least I would agree you're being logical. Sure, you may not have evidence, but it's a logical thought to say that if you're surrounded by a bunch of people that play the victim card and that the system's rigged against me, then you would probably also start to think in some ways that, the system is rigged against you and you would also maybe become a naysayer and you know start to play the victim card. I mean that's just basic kind of humans, right? I mean you kind of, you know, tribalism, you act as, you know, those people that are surrounding yourself with. And this kind of goes into the next point of why do I believe though that you should be surrounding yourself with quality people? Well, because when you're surrounding yourself with people that are of quality, those are the type of people that you would want to ask advice from, right? Once again, Hopefully you would at least give me the, the credit. You know, yeah, that, that's logical. Whether or not it's actually proven with you know scientific studies and data, that remains to be seen. But that's at least logical that if you wanna seek advice, you should probably seek advice from somebody that's of quality. So that is why you know I, I it caught my eye because yeah, I do wanna surround myself with good, solid people, but I also you know, kind of dumb me. I'm like, I don't, I don't know, Clay. Are you even asking questions in the right way? Are you, and no, honestly, I'm not. I definitely have said, hey, can I pick your brain for a second to people? And apparently, according to the research, stop asking that. Don't say, can I pick your brain? So right there, there's uh, something that caught my eye immediately in terms of, uh, well, Clay, uh, you're probably gonna wanna improve in that area of life. So this is not me, you know, preaching to anybody. I'm just kind of throwing this out there because I found it to be helpful and you know it goes like i said along those lines of if we want to be you know surrounding ourselves with quality people the reason for that is so that when we need advice 
we should ask it, but let's make sure we're asking it in the right way. So picking up here with the article, can I pick your brain five words that make up the most thoughtless, irritating, and generic way to ask for advice? And any person who is a rock star in their industry has heard it more than a dozen times. And I was one of the people that were asking it. Whoops, one of the most thoughtless, irritating, and generic. Well, Clay, you got some improving to do. So again, I reiterate, this is not me lecturing or talking down on anybody because I, uh, yeah, that's kind of embarrassing. But I'm, I at least now I am unaware and I will take that um, constructive criticism and, and roll with it. So picking back up, the phrase, while well-intentioned, is overused, vague, and way too open-ended. When conversations start this way, there's no telling where it'll go or how long it'll take. Don't get me wrong, I'm all for giving and receiving advice. Offering advice is a sign of good leadership and asking for advice is a sign of intelligence. That, that's a good quote right there. Offering advice is a sign of good leadership and asking for advice is a sign of intelligence. So again, that's why you wanna surround yourself with good quality people. If the exchange goes well, both parties benefit. The whole interaction is a subtle and intricate art. It requires emotional intelligence, self-awareness, restraint, diplomacy, and patience, Harvard Business School professors Joshua D. Margolois and David A. Garvin wrote in a 2015 Harvard Business Review article. But the process can derail in many ways. It can quickly lead to frustration, decision, gridlock, subpar solutions, frayed relationships and thwarted personal development, according to those two uh, Harvard professors. To avoid those consequences, here's some guidance on how to ask for advice without annoying the other person. First off, and this, and this is the, the headline of the section, start with a positive tone. The way you initiate the conversation is everything. Instead of starting with, can I pick your brain? Shift the language to a more positive tone. When in doubt, I recommend, I'd love your advice. No frills, friendly, and simple, right? And that's really good. I'm, I, and, I, and I'm gonna, hey, I, I'd like your advice. Next part, and this is just, so that was a small, small little section there. Just start with the positive tone. Instead of, can I pick your brain? Say, hey, I, I'd, I'd love your advice. I'd, I'd like your, uh, you know, I'd enjoy your advice. Some sort of that. And in this case, I'm, I'm talking to myself out loud too. Uh, maybe I, I'd find your advice beneficial. So the next headline here, Identify the type of advice you're seeking. Immediately after your opening line, address the topic of your problem in the form of a question. In order to craft a question with great precision, ask yourself, what type of advice am I seeking? What does my problem involve? What are my desired outcomes? Below are the four general types of advice according to those two Harvard professors. The first is, you know, discreet advice, then you have counsel advice, you have coaching advice, you have mentoring advice, uh, so those are gonna be the four ones to keep an eye on. Again, discreet, counsel, coaching, and mentoring. So, um, you know, discreet, and then they give some uh, desired outcomes, would be recommendations in favor of or against specific options. As far as counsel, the desired outcome would be a framework or process for navigating the situation. As far as coaching, the desired outcome would be task proficiency, personal and professional development. And then as far as the mentoring type of advice, that desired outcome would be a relationship dictated, or excuse me, dedicated to building and sustaining professional and personal effectiveness and to career development. 
So for each of those, I wanna go back. For that discrete type of advice, an example question would be, where should we build the new factory? In China, Brazil, or Eastern Europe? So do you see there, just kind of one or the other, you know, what are, what are the different options out there so that I can make a decision? As far as counsel, the example question, how should I handle my domineering supervisor? So again, just more so kind of taking it from a wisdom standpoint, you know, how should I handle this situation? Then the coaching, that example question, how can I work more collaboratively with my peers? So again, wisdom in a sense, but there's also a, a sense of kind of, okay, how can I improve my skill set? How can I improve, you know, my awareness of the situation so I can just be better and, you know, be a better teammate? And then finally, for mentoring, an example question, how can I get more exposure for my project? So they're, they're definitely, I mean, I'm sure you can make the argument they're all kind of one and the same, but there are little differences in there in terms of, you know, just basically at the core, all of these are trying to make the best decision possible or improve yourself within a, a bigger uh, you know, situation, right? So if, if you're asking, how can I be a better team member, you're, at, you're looking to improve yourself within the concept of a team. Or you know, for that first one, hey, where do I build the factory? You're just making a, try to, trying to make the best decision possible. But all those very interesting ways that you can ask. So right here, picking back up the article, just the other day, someone approached me for guidance and their execution was perfect. So here is what this person classifies as perfect execution. And I quote, I'd love your advice. My company is asking me to relocate. There are, so they're right, there it is. They're setting up, or the, the opening line, I'd love your advice. My company is asking me to relocate. So they, they are stating the whole kind of circumstances, right? They're stating the situation. There are several factors to consider and I'm not sure if I should do it. Do you have 45 minutes to chat? So there we are. I mean, that that is really well set up. There's there's expectations there, and they're outlining what this discussion would be a lot, the or the, what this uh, you know discussion would entail. So the article picks back up. Forty-five minutes is a lot, I know, but I appreciated the fact that she acknowledged it would be a longer conversation. I happily blocked off some time on my calendar, and we ended up talking for an hour. So the next headline here: Come prepared with specific details. As you move further into the conversation, it's important to clearly define the problem. Otherwise, you're doing what is called a bait and switch. This is another reason why you should never ask to pick someone's brain. It makes the other person assume that the exchange will only take a few minutes. But more often than not, it ends up being a deep dive. According to the Harvard professors, when you don't come prepared with specific details about your problem, you're more likely to end up telling a lengthy blow-by-blow -blow story that may cause the advice giver to tune out, lose focus, or misidentify the core problems that need solving. And I see this a lot in my other business, which involves the stock market. And a lot of people say, what do you think about, and I'll, I'll take a one, you know, what do you think about Amazon? So think about that. Is that really any specific details at all? No, that's, that's very broad, and I'm not gonna go into the, all the little details, but well, do I, what, do, what do I think about Amazon stock? What do I think about Amazon business model? What do I think about Amazon pricing? What do I think about, you know, are you saying, what do I think about an investment? What do I think about trading it? I mean, it really is so, so broad. And when people just say, what do I think about a certain stock? I don't, I don't like that question at all, and this is, why, you know, at the beginning I said, I, I can actually relate to quite of this through experience, and that's the big one is, but if someone's like, hey, what do you think about Amazon in regards to? 
That's a big, big difference there. Besides, what do I think about Amazon? Or even I'll say, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and that they narrow it down. What do I think about Amazon stock? Okay, that's such a broad, well, I don't know, are you looking to invest? Are you looking to trade it? So many different variables. Again, I'm not gonna, this is not a trading podcast, uh, but very, very broad. But if you say, hey, what do you think about Amazon stock in regard to, and then you fill in that blank, now that is gonna prompt you, that is gonna force you to offer some specific details about what exactly about the stock you're wondering about. So that is definitely a, a very, very good bit of information. Come with specific details. Don't leave things so open-ended. And then to finish off the section from the article, simply put, don't come into the conversation empty-handed. Put realistic guardrails on the conversation and include any essential background information that your advisor might be or might not be familiar with. Providing specific details also keeps the conversation pleasant and interesting. Next part, and I, I will admit when I read that, I was, I was thinking, okay, that's, that, that seems to be common sense, but We'll keep reading. So this headline, or this uh, little miniature headline, ask the right person. So I would think that's obvious, but maybe it isn't. So anyways, picking back up, several fields, several field studies have discovered that advice seekers are more likely to ask for guidance from people they feel comfortable with, like a close friend or family member. Though friendships, accessibility, and non-threatening personalities all impart high levels of comfort and trust, they might have no relation to the quality or thoughtfulness of the advice. That is actually a great point. Like I said, when I first read it, I'm thinking, well, well of course you're gonna ask the right person. But then, th that is a great point. Just, you could define, quote unquote, the right person as somebody you feel comfortable with, as somebody you feel is non-threatening, as, 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 you know, but just because you that person, you're like, oh, I feel totally comfortable with them. I mean, I feel really comfortable with my mom. Does that mean I should go ask my mom how to, launch a rocket in a space? Probably probably not. I may have to go talk to some, and I crack this joke real quick, because I'm an engineer by degree, so that's why I'm allowed to make fun of engineers. So should I ask my mom how to you know, launch a rocket into space, or should I go talk to some no sense of humor, no personality guy with a pocket protector that has no, you know, no sense of humor at all, but he happens to be like you know an aerospace engineer and works for NASA. But he's really boring to talk to, and I mean, I kind of feel uncomfortable talking to him because he doesn't really have any sense of humor. But I mean, so who should you really ask? Who is the right person? Somebody you feel comfortable with, somebody that you have a great time talking with, or somebody that, well, I don't know, actually has expertise in that field. So that is one of those things where shame on me. Well, duh, of course, you gotta ask the right person. Well, I didn't really think too deeply about it. Yeah, you, you wanna make sure that you're defining right the right way. Think creatively about the expertise you need. Who will bring in the most valuable insight? Who has the most knowledge that's relevant to your problem? For example, if you're asking a seasoned CEO for advice involving your personal life, don't expect to have lunch with Yoda. Your, advise, your advisor is offering up valuable time to listen and providing professional feedback, not to hear you vent for an hour. So very, very good stuff there, that is true. Make sure you're actually asking the right person. And I, I've had that too, where people, I mean, I'm flattered. I, I, yeah, it, it, it's, very, it's very humbling actually to have some people ask me the things that they do. And I'm glad that they feel comfortable. I'm glad that they uh, think that I may have the right answer. But at the end of the day, and, and I try to be as polite as possible, I say, you know, I, I, I really can't answer that because I don't, 
Um, and, and sometimes they are broad, so they're not very specific, which circles back to that first point. But other cases are specific, and I just say, well, and, and I definitely do appreciate it being specific, but it's, I, there's really nothing I can do here. That, 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 that's great, you're asking, but I don't know, that's not my area of expertise at all. So next point here, don't assume you already know the answers. The Harvard professors pointed out that people often have a hard time accessing their own competence and place too much faith in their intuition. As a result, they end up asking for advice simply to gain validation or praise. Those who have a tendency to do this often believe they've already solved the problem, but just want confirmation or recognition from their bosses or peers. It's a dangerous game to play because they risk alienating their advisors when it becomes evident, at, and it will, that they're requesting guidance just for show or to avoid additional work, the professors noted. And I can see how that happens quite a bit. And it always makes me question, well, if, if you're seeking validation, that's always a sign that you probably have a, a little bit more to go. It's you have a little bit more to learn. You don't quite have a firm grasping on it because um, you know I, I do not need to go and seek any guidance. I do not need to go and seek any validation before I cross the street because I know how to cross the street, street safely. I was taught as a kid, it's not very complicated, and I really do have a firm grasp on it. So I don't need anybody's validation. I don't need anybody's you know kind of confirmation that looking both ways is the right you know kind of way to go about it. So always keep in mind, if you find yourself, and once again, I'm definitely talking to myself here too, but if you find yourself um, you know, doing things like that, you really gotta kinda stop and look in the mirror and say, I don't know, do I actually have a firm grasp on it or, or don't I? Because if I don't have a firm grasp on it, I, I should probably take a step back. And you know, again, from my experience, this comes a lot in the world of you know, the stock market and people wanting to trade and, and take matters in their own hands, which is great, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it, but then they start to ask questions in, you know, as you know, they, they, they absolutely nail um, when it says, um, it's a dangerous game to play because they risk alienating their advisors when it becomes evident, and it will. And yes, I assure you, it becomes very, very evident from somebody that, um, you know, has, has been coaching traders and people in the stock market for a very long time now. Um, it, I, I, I've talked with enough people where it definitely will become evident very quickly that, okay, this is kind of, what are you doing here? What, I mean, you're, you're clearly just seeking validation, you're seeking some sort of confirmation, which again, that, that, that's fine, but this isn't really the best way to go about it. You need to go and you know, address some other issues. So definitely another talking point there that is, um, it, it's definitely very applicable. I mean, there's some, that, that's some good stuff. And then the final point right here, be grateful. It should go without saying, but based on my experience, I still feel the need to emphasize it. Be grateful. Thank your advisor for their time at the conclusion of your meeting. It doesn't hurt to thank them again the next day via email. Follow up later to let them know how their feedback helped you. If they sent you an article or book, let them know how, it benefit, how you benefited from it. Showing that you're humble and appreciative will go a long way in maintaining good relationships with those in your professional network. And this is something I should probably be better at, I mean, I definitely say thank you and stuff like that, but I like the idea here of, of following up and and I try to do this, but I, I know I for sure can be better, but actually letting that person know how, how it benefited them. So I mean, just saying, hey, remember when we talked about fill in the blank? 
Well, I did, you know, whatever that advice was. And, you know, just let them know how, how it worked out for them and how it benefited and all that. And, uh, you know, that is something that, like I said, I need to work on, but definitely um, will take you far. Just being grateful and, like I said, I, I wanna get better at, you know, taking it, you know, that, that next step further and, you know, offering up some additional thank you. Even if it's just, uh, I mean, think about it. I mean, I'm, I'm not a one-figure typer. I, I, I can type with multiple fingers. So the point with that is, it's not like it would take very long at all to type up a quick thank you email the next day, uh, which is like a sentence, a couple sentences, because it's one of those, I, I feel like it's the thought that counts type situations, just shoot them another email. Now, I just noticed that I, I, I skipped I skipped a, a section. So the success, and I don't know how I missed it, but I did. Anyways, the title or the subtitle here, don't ask everyone. Things can backfire quickly if you run around asking a bunch of people for advice. Clearly, you won't be able to follow everyone's advice. Research shows that those who advise you don't take, or let's, let me start that. Research shows that those who advise you don't take may have, Oh, okay, there we go. Luckily, this is not, it's very clearly. So going back to the right, if you're looking how to read, if you're looking how to maybe like properly communicate on a podcast, I'm not the person, okay? Because I can barely read this. Research shows that those whose advice you don't take may have a worse view of you afterwards. They may even see you as less competent or avoid you. So if you ask for somebody's advice and they don't give it to you, then yeah, that, that could very well threaten them having a worse view of you, or I mean, flat out just thinking that you're not very competent. And then to have that lead to avoiding you, okay, that's that's good to uh, take in a note. According to Haley Blunden, a PhD student at Harvard Business School and co-author of the 2018 study, the interpersonal cost of ignoring advice. For example, a marketing executive who was widely respected is pleased when you ask her what to do about a particular solution, but is then less pleased when she finds out you didn't do it. Remember, you're not running the Gallup poll, but if you really are, then just say so. And that's, I mean, I think we can all relate in that sense. You don't have to like be running businesses like I am to relate. But if somebody's asking you advice and they're taking time and then they don't do it, now of course, you. It, it's not like, you should be offended. It's not like it's a personal attack on you, but I mean, I'll be fully honest. When people are asking me advice and I, I, I give them what I think is good, solid, backed up data and you know talking points and references and sources, and then they don't do it, I mean, am I still gonna be that person's friend? Of course I am. But I will also say, well, then don't ask for my advice. I mean, if you're not gonna take it, so and you know, would I ever go as far as avoiding the person? Yeah. I would, if it happens time and time again, eventually, I mean, I would never avoid them, but the advice would be very, very vague, and it would be, as soon as the advice asking, you know, begins to occur, uh, you know, my goal would be, all right, how can I end this session as soon as possible, because this person's just not gonna follow it anyways. So I thought that was actually, and again, talking to myself, that, that's something you should handle. I mean, you wanna go and seek counsel, you wanna go and, and, and seek, you know, uh, advice from people, but don't go and you know, like ask tons and tons of people because as it says here, it can backfire on you. Not guaranteed to, but there is that threat out there. So you need to just be a little bit more discerning in that way. So that is uh, you know, how you are courting at least these Harvard guys, you correctly ask for advice. 
And I gotta say, um, you know, just because somebody out of Harvard says it doesn't mean that I say, okay, therefore that's how it is. But with the way they explained it and with some of the examples they used, I mean, I know I've screwed up some, I've seen it. And what they say probably irritates people. I will admit, it definitely irritates me. Um, so like I said, it does seem to be that there's some good practical wisdom here within this advice. So get out there. First off, remember, if you're not, then you need to start surrounding yourself with quality people. And after you've got that step done, now you have people within your sphere of influence that you wanna influence you and you wanna be able to go and ask them for advice. So here are some definitely tips and tricks to, to ask for that advice. So I'm, I'm very pleased with this one in, sen in the sense of, I, I feel like I've, I can improve from it and I can uh, you know get better from it. So hopefully you kind of uh, feel the same way and I will see you back next week. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening. Before I go, I wanna just make your attention to a few things. First off, if you enjoyed the show, then make sure to help us out in the iTunes, especially if you could leave us a rating, that goes a long way and just assists me in getting the word out there and I, I genuinely would appreciate it. Second, if you find yourself either in debt or just feeling like your, your personal finances are kind of out of control or could be much more efficient, then I would encourage you to go to moneywithclay.com and check out the slab money method. That is the course that I put together as a former process engineer that outlined every single step, step by step by step with documentation, with forms to fill out, that'll put you on the path, the exact path I use to pay off $163,000 of debt and get myself to the point where not only am I debt free, but I am now able to build wealth and build wealth in an efficient uh, manner. So if you're curious and interested in that, again, moneywithclay.com and that is the slab money method. And no, this is not all some massive sales pitch when I say that it works, it truly does. And I back that up with more than words. My action behind those words is that course comes with a one year money back guarantee. So if you try it out and you're not making any progress, you're not seeing any progress, then I will refund you the cost of the course, which is very minimal to begin with. And then finally, make sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, just look up for Money With Clay and you will see us there. Again, thanks for hanging out. I'll see you back next episode.